Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Career Talks. I am your host, Orlando Haynes. We're reaching episode 40. I keep rem- keep telling myself to remember that. You think I would, but we're going to do we're going to make it do what it do. So uh, start a little late technical difficulties, but um, I have an amazing trooper, uh, an amazing, um, you know, career expert. And we're going to get to that in just one second. But first off, thank you for joining. If you're tuning in live or catching the replay, have your questions. As you can see, the topic uh, three resume mistakes that is making your job search longer. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of us who are, who are interested to find out more about that intro information. So, and that's why I love doing these things. Cause I get to learn so much from these other career folks that are in this space, just, just really crushing the game and adding tremendous value. So, uh, but first off, let me just thank, uh, tonight's sponsor, which is Agape Career Counseling Group and Benny B Perfume. Agape Career Counseling Group is ran by a good friend of mine, Deborah Russell. Uh, she's done HR and small business consulting. She's definitely uh, someone you want to research and uh, connect with her. Uh, that's agapeccg.com, and you'll see the links in the in the show notes afterwards. So without further ado, this amazing lady I've seen on LinkedIn, uh, she's, she's out there killing it. You guys, if you're not following Jewel, um, I don't know what you're doing on LinkedIn. Uh, let's, let's get it together. If you've seen her profile picture in the back, um, she put some guarantees in place. So um, we're, we're going to talk about all this and make sure we un- unpack and, and really, again, take actionable advice to help you folks. So she is the founder of Perfect10Resumes.com. She's been in practice for about 20 years, 22 years or so. And she'll correct me if I'm uh, if I'm missing a number or a year in there. Uh, she also is a resume and job search expert. She's been featured on Forbes, Monster.com, HuffPost, Fox News. If I go any longer, it'll just be accolades after accolades after accolades. Uh, without further ado, let me bring on the amazing Jewel Bracy DeMaio. Thank you, Orlando. Very glad to be here. Thank you for Hello. inviting me to the program. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had to have you on. I, I said this last program. Uh, just super passionate about the career development space and, you know, folks are doing it from different ends, whether it's resume, LinkedIn, coaching, um, all across the board. But specifically, um, those of us who are African-American that are doing it, that are not highlighted on other platforms, definitely wanted to uh, bring us to the forefront, as well as, you know, Latinx, et cetera. So, um, but definitely willing to talk to all experts out there, but, um, you know, just got a passion for supporting supporting my people and getting us out there and knowing that we're we're actually here providing real advice for for you job seekers and uh we're just crushing it out there so i appreciate you thank you thanks for having me before we dive in just share with the folks uh more about who jewel is uh your business etc so i launched perfect 10 resumes 22 years ago And when I first started doing this, I'll be perfectly honest, uh, it was like a one and done resume. I would give it to you, you'd be off, and that would be that. What I found out over the course of time is that providing a more holistic solution is better. It's better all around. And so over these 22 years, what I've done is evolve the business into a fully comprehensive service. So I take you from the thought you have in your mind today about where you wanna land 
and I work with you all the way through the arc until you actually get there, until you actually land that ideal job that you want, that's good for you, your career, uh, your spouse, you know, job has to be good for your spouse too, has to be good for your household, has to be good for your life. So once all those things are in order, then we're both happy. So that's what I do. Love it. Love it. So uh, <laughs> that one and done, how, how did that go for you early on in, in your career? You know, it was, it was okay. Mm -hmm. So people like the resume. And, you know, everyone who sees their new resume, oh, you know, it's pretty, it has a couple of colors, this and that, right? But what I would find is that people didn't know what to do with the resume. And also people were impressed with the resume because just by virtue of engaging a professional, the resume is going to be better than, you know, what they wrote themselves. Now, this is, you know, way back when, right? However, what I found more often than what I really wanted to hear is that people didn't know what to do with the resume. So they may, you know, go out there and get a job, but the way they were doing it was really unstructured. It had no type of strategy. It would take a long time and it was painful. So what I said to myself is, you know, instead of just kind of coasting on that high of, hey, I have a new resume, it looks great. Let's actually structure the steps to allow you to be great, right? So what I found is that people didn't necessarily know what to do, didn't necessarily know how to look, definitely didn't know who to talk to or what to say. And I had already been through all of these steps in my own, quote unquote, regular career before I became a job search consultant. So in my own life, I had already identified who I was going to speak to, found something value added to say to that person, made myself stand out. I already did all of those things. So what I've done with Perfect 10 Resumes is now expand that into my signature program called the Perfect Job Solution, where I walk people through all those steps that I did myself. And now I see people walking down a structured path once again, so that they can be great, so that they can land in what they want to land in without this entire blessed endeavor, you know, taking a year and a day. Love it. Makes sense. Makes complete sense. I like that. I like that. So when it comes to the three mistakes, um, obviously there are more, but you're, you're seeing there are three major mistakes either that we're making um, as job seekers on the resume um, or that, Things obviously things we should be doing, but the three major mistakes that you're seeing now. Let's let's start to unpack each of those. What's what's number one? Number one is failing to use the resume to present who you are, and who you are is the number one core component of what your resume needs to present. So when I say failing to present who you are. What I find is that, you know, it can be hard if you are not working or if you're in career transition. If your career transition has lasted for 
you know, some unacceptable period of time, what happens is that your confidence starts to chip away, right? And when your confidence starts to chip away, that translates onto the resume as, well, let me put these keywords in here. Let me kind of do this stuff that I saw on the internet. The problem with that is keywords from the internet don't apply to you as an individual. That's first. And the words that people tend to pick from the internet cover up who you are. You are not a results-oriented professional. I think I wrote um, a LinkedIn post one time, and the title of it was, I'm not detail-oriented and neither are you, because you never said that in your life in a normal conversation. That never happened. You did not end your work week, go to Friday at happy hour with your friend, and sit there and talk about how detail-oriented you were, right? So that's not a description of who you are. The problem is that because people don't know what to write, which I completely understand, people don't know what to write. So the default position is, let me say I'm a good communicator. Let me say I have strong organizational skills. Let me say I thrive in a fast-paced environment. None of which, I mean, absolute zero of which is who you are. So that's the first mistake, failing to present who you are on the resume. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit because it sounds, uh, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're developing more of a personal bio on the resume versus verbs, adjectives, you know, pronouns and, and things like that to make it. So folks are being very generic with, with that resume writing, like you said. You're not detail oriented. You're, you're just putting on there because it's tradition, right? And it's right. traditional words that you've used across the board. So, how do you how do you make that switch? Like, how do you make that switch to where it becomes like they read it and they actually know who Jewel is? They're like, wow, you know, yeah. this is someone I absolutely want to talk to, whether I give her a job or not. She sounds like someone I want to know. It's a matter of digging into what your unique qualities are. So listen, I talk to people literally five days a week. I look at people's resumes all day, every day, like the before version of the before. And, and obviously what I do is the after. So this is what I do all day is review people's resumes. And I look at them and I look at them. I receive them before we get on the phone. So I receive the resume, read the resume, formulate an impression in my mind. And then at some point at a future moment, we get on the phone and here's what happens 101% of the time. I'm going to go ahead and say that every single time the impression that I formulated from the piece of paper mm -hmm. ends up being wildly different from what I find out within the first five minutes of conversation. So why is that? Well, one of the things that I ask folks is, okay, Let's say you're a VP of sales. What do you feel like you do that's unique, that delivers impact when it comes to driving sales? And then they have to think about it. Why? Because the first answer is, hmm, haven't really thought about that before. Okay, well, that right there <laughs> is 
how I'm pointing out to you, all right, you don't have anything unique on this resume. So to answer your question about is it more of a personal bio and then we get to the facts and the verbs and the figures, it's not an either or, it's a both, it's an and, it's a plus. But yes, we start off the resume in a very personal, specific way about who you are. And the reason that I harp on this so much is because who you are is the only unique thing that you bring to the table. It's you. What you do is not unique. There are 18 million VPs of sales. There are 18 million VPs of ops. There's a billion IT people, right? Who you are is where we start because it is the only and the most unique element that you're bringing onto that resume into that story. Mm, that's good. That's really good. So follow-up question. When you form your idea of who this person is before speaking to them, do you ask them or do you share that insight with them prior to, or you just go into the conversation and be like, oh, okay. I, like you, I know you're forming it knowing it's going to be different, but do you ask that and say, hey, this is what you've written on your resume. This says this about you. Is that correct? Or is that, you know? Yeah. I don't say it exactly that way, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I will ask them, you know, what's unique, what's different about your approach. And then uh, if they haven't thought about it before, they'll say that. And then I kind of force you to think about it now because you're going to answer the question. And the reason I make you answer the question is because I am 100% confident you have the answer in you. And if I push you a little bit, then I'm going to make you say something that's not generic. It's right there. It's right underneath the surface. I'm just scratching and I just want to get there. And so we can get there. Okay. So then I get the person there with the unique thing that they bring to the table. And then I usually say, does it surprise you at all that I had to ask you that question? And that's when they get it. And I say, why does that surprise you? And then they say, well, you asked me that because obviously it's not on the resume that I wrote. So ding, 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 ding. They win the very <laughs> first prize. I want to help you realize that when you're writing on a piece of paper, it's, and you know, computer, whatever. It's very, very easy to fall flat. Very easy. It's very, very easy to look on the internet and grab what you think are keywords. And they're all boring and they're all useless. I'm just going to plant my flag and say that right now. Mm -hmm. However, the reason I take people through those steps in a conversation is to impress upon them that number one, they do have it inside. And so our job together in structuring the new resume in structuring the correct story is going to be to take what's coming out of your mouth because that's better and put that on the piece of paper. The things you say from between your lips are more natural to you. Just like I said in the beginning, you don't sit around saying you're detail oriented. You don't say those things. So I want to know the things that you're actually saying about yourself because that's what I'm going to write on the piece of paper. I'm there to capture your voice because that is you. That is who you are. 
And the reason why I, I love that so much, because it's super important, because that's what will be translated during the interview process, right? Correct. It'll, you'll just regurgitate exactly. It'll be organic. It'll be natural. Um, I love that process. I love that process. They're verbally writing their resume, but just need that extra oomph and push from an expert like yourself to really bring it out of them versus the textbook or the combination of the two, but really written in their own terms. So they can just like, oh, what I do is X. And they're like, oh, wow. Yes. Like, he or she really does this because it's coming so natural. I can tell. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going for. I'm waiting for that. I'm sparking that natural conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's Love. what I want to capture. And it's, it. you know, it's hard to do that for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't really have that conversation with yourself. So obviously that's where I come in. It's easier for them to tell me. Otherwise, they're sitting there trying to force the words to come out. And they're not talking. They're trying to force the words to come out of their brain through yep. their fingertips <laughs> onto the computer screen. It's, it's, it's not effective that way. But when they're in a conversation, right. yeah, they can talk about it all day. When it comes to writing it down and formatting it, that's when it gets weird and, and they don't know what to write. Exactly. When you say it out loud like that, you know exactly. That's exactly what everyone does. They're like, yes, execute projects. And like, no, but you don't really say it that way. Right. So again, <laughs> right. it's funny. That's hilarious. All right. Number two. Let's go on to number two because that was good. Okay. So the number two mistake is failing to say what you do. So what you do are some pretty specific things. Let's say, stick with my example, I want to be a VP of sales. So when it comes to what you do, think of it this way. This is a litmus test that I give to my clients. Ask yourself, What are the top three things, let's say you're looking at a job description, whether it's your Mm -hmm. job description or an ad for a job that you want. What are the top three things that this ad says that the employer would reach into his back pocket and cut you a paycheck to actually come in and do every two weeks? Mm -hmm. What are those things? So we know the ads is a lot of things, right? There's a whole bunch of things. Here's what people do because it's easier and they don't really know, know how. When they're looking at the ad, the things that they pick are having good communication skills, thriving in a fast-paced environment. Hey, I'm a great team player. Here's a big one. Great problem solver. Mm-mm. The employer is not cutting you a check every two weeks to have good communication skills. Not really. I know the ad says that, but that's not really what he's paying you for. If I'm looking to be a VP of sales, I guarantee you that position description talks about providing strategic sales leadership, launching a new sales team, breaking into a new territory, driving revenue growth, optimizing margin and profitability. That's what the employer is giving me a paycheck to do. So when it comes to what you do, when you're expressing it on the resume, think about those things that are core to the job. And I guarantee there are enough things that are core to the job that there's no room for filler material. I don't have on anybody's resume 
that they are a problem solver. If they tell me that, I say, okay, well, what is the type of problem that you typically solve? What do you come in and do? And I get them there, right? But I don't have anybody's resume that says they're a problem solver and they're a good communicator. That's nothing. So the mistake is not saying what it is you actually do that's central to the job. So the let me ask you this. So making sure the resume says what we actually do, is it that something we do consistently versus the traditional ways, maybe something we've done once and we're putting it on there thinking it's a highlight? Um, is it just do you think of it that way? Is that is that your strategy there? Is it more like, hey, these are things I know you do every two weeks and you can Good executing on, on these things? Good question. Not an either or, it's a both, it's an and, it's a plus. So let's say there's something that you always do, you repeatedly do, okay? Mm -hmm. That's in your summary. Um, that's at the top of the resume. That's in your commercial, kicking off the resume because it's something that you always do. It's the way that you work. Let's say that it's something you've done once, you know? You only broke into that new territory once. You only made that first $1.2 million once. Um, I mean, you made money doing other things at other times, but the mm -hmm. achievements pretty much it's a one-time deal. Those are the bulleted achievements. So it really is both. There is enough as far as achievements and there's enough as far as your uh, normal scope of responsibility to fill the resume, to overfill it. Your story is overflowing. There's no room for the extra imposter words. You don't need them. Got it. Got it. And mistake number three. Let's jump into that. Mistake number three is failing to articulate the value that you bring. So I see this happen a bunch of different ways. Here's what's most common. Most common is doing the data dump. You have 30 years of experience and you put it all on there. And I had a client say to me yesterday, well, I thought if I wrote about the thing that I did in 1978, they would see that I had skill A, B, and C and understand, oh, well, she could probably do that here in this job. No. It's 2022, friends. 2022. Let that sink in, okay? And I know that it's hard because we are in love with our own history, right? We love our own story. We did great things in 1980-whatever. It was the start of our career. It's where we learned X, Y, and Z. These were the glory days. And I get that, okay? It's painful to cut that off, but I don't want a data dump, number one. Number two, the employer is not going to connect the dots between 1978 and 2022. Correct. It's not going to happen. So as much as we love our history and as much as it was the foundation of our career and where we learned everything, got to part with it. So I'm the one to kind of say that as gently as I can, 
that I really, really only want to stick with numbers that start with 2-0. Um, that's it. We really can't even get into the 90s. And we definitely can't get into the 80s. I mean, <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. It's not, it, it's not to your benefit. Do, do you love your own story? Or would you love to be employed? Got to make a choice. Got to make exactly. a choice. Great point for the career uh, historians out there who are, <laughs> you know, bringing, trying to bring their glory days forward. So with, with that, um, the articulation of their value, give us an example, because um, there'll be folks that are watching, you know, it, the folks that are watching, if you have a question for Jewel, please go ahead and uh, ask your question. And I'll fill that to her is what if they get confused between telling what they do? and bringing the value across because some can feel like well what i do is the value or is that interchangeable or or isn't it here's a great way to think about it a mm -hmm. little bit of a snarky question but you're only going to ask yourself whatever you think the value is whatever you think the thing is make a statement of what that thing is and then ask yourself well so what because mm -hmm. it helps your mind go to the next step Okay. Well, I'm a VP of sales. Well, so what? Well, I, um, sell my people. Yeah. I, I sell, I sell widgets up and down the Northeast. Well, so what? Well, my expertise is introducing these widgets to new markets. And I've done that 16 times getting a little bit better, but so what? Well, um, over the last three years, I've been able to generate $7.9 million in new revenue. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. So all of those stages turn into a statement, something to the effect of strategic sales leader who drives multi-millions in new revenue and new markets. That's value. That's a whole lot more value than saying sales executive, 25 years of experience. Like, what's that mean? <laughs> you, you might be <laughs> hurting some feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do for the employer today? And what you're going to do for the employer today is drive multi-millions in new revenue from launching his widgets into new markets. That's value. Love it. Love it. Let's let's take that same approach and flip it to say an HR person. Okay. How would you give them that same advice to bring it from, you know, the heydays up to 2022? HR, there are so many opportunities particularly now. Okay. So we have COVID. I was just speaking with a client today and COVID has presented HR with a lot of opportunities. And those opportunities have primarily to do with making a pivot very quickly. You got to get that workforce out of the office. Now you got to get them back in the office in a decent amount of time and in good order. Right with HR, 
has a lot to do with change management right now in these days of COVID. It's a lot to do with employee engagement, once again, right now in these days of COVID. What else is an opportunity for HR? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a big deal. So when we're talking about HR, the way you deliver value may have something to do with a program that you innovated to increase diversity in your organization, something that you thought of and, you know, hopefully you executed. And as far as numbers, you know, you can present numbers in a lot of ways. So you're giving me this example of HR. It was easy and it will be easy for people who are in sales, like my first example, because sales is money. So those are your numbers right there. HR doesn't necessarily have money, but you can present impact using numbers in several different ways. It can be the actual number, like you're talking about number of people, size of the workforce, things like that. You can talk about the percentage improvement in employee engagement as measured by, you know, the voice of the employee survey. You can compare this year to last year. You can compare yourself to last year. If you did the same program two years in a row, how many more participants do you have? So there are a lot of ways to talk about numbers when you're in HR. Um, let's say that we're talking about a recruitment campaign. Let's say there's a diversity recruitment campaign or quite frankly, a standard recruitment campaign. If you found a way to execute that campaign digitally, socially, uh, perhaps you save money, perhaps you increased reach, perhaps you increased followership of your corporate brand. These are all things that HR can talk about. So when it comes to being able to tell the story of something that you may think doesn't have numbers, I promise you it does. And I promise you, you can still quantify and measure and articulate your impact in a way that will make the next prospective employer stand up and take notice. Got it. Love that. So I know we mentioned or titled this three mistakes. What are some more out there? Because those are crucial. Though I think in my head, I'm like, wow, that just pretty much covers like 95% of the resume, right? How you tell your story uh, and bring that to life and not just from uh, a generic way, but like we were saying earlier, more of a, a bio, personal value bringing what you do, et cetera. What are some others? Because this is different in how you're telling the story with 22 years of experience, right? You you have a wealth of experience in, in shifting the mindset of how folks should look at this document. What are some other ways that we're not aware of and should be when it comes to, you know, our resumes? You know, the resume is the beginning, right? It's It kicks off the whole arc of the job search process, okay? You have LinkedIn. You have messaging to relevant people. You have your interviews. You have your salary talks. You have your negotiations. And then you get to the end. So the story that we spend so much time crafting on the resume, um, when you're not doing it with a professional, one of the things that can happen is that, like, you almost forget the story. So you may be busy putting your resume together, but then when you get to LinkedIn, you're trying to figure out what to say. No, when we craft the story, the story's the same. 
on the piece of paper, as it is on the computer, LinkedIn, as it is when you're messaging relevant people, as it is when you are in your interviews, the elements of the story are going to be the pillars behind the reasons that you're asking for higher salary, which yes, you are going to ask for. And you don't ask for it based on personal reasons. You ask for it based on the value that you bring to the table. Whoops, what's that go back to? Who you are, what you do, value you bring. So the mistake is when you're not working with a professional, failing to embrace that story and use that for the entire arc. I have my clients use their story for the entire arc. And I say to them, you're going to get tired of listening to yourself talk because you're saying the same thing, but that's okay because you're saying it to different audiences and everybody hasn't heard it. You've said it a hundred times now because we've crafted this story together, but don't feel like you need to all of a sudden be a chameleon and change the story. What are you changing it for? Mm-mm. We built this story for a reason. It's a super strong story. So when I write the profile of your resume, that same message is going to be on LinkedIn. And I'm not saying word for word, but here again, you're not going to be a chameleon. When you get into the interview and they're saying, why should we hire you? Well, the reason is the same reason as the value that you bring. When it comes time for salary talks, and they give you this lowball thing, uh, thinking that you're going to take it, which you're not. When you come back in negotiations, you're going to give reasons A, B, and C about what you've done. In this, in this case, we're going to talk about history a little bit. You've delivered this number. You've delivered this achievement. You've done this, this other thing. And you have every confidence that you will be able to duplicate parallel successes for Mr. Future Employer within the first 90 days. That's why you merit a higher total compensation package. All of these messages, all of these interactions are all born from the same story. It's not repetitive. It's only repetitive to you and your mind. So get over that part. Don't feel the need to change it up. Don't change it up. Your audience is changing. Keep saying the same thing, just like a commercial, right? McDonald's has been here longer than we've been alive. They still have commercials. They still say the same thing. We can sing those songs in our heads from McDonald's, right? <laughs> so right. you need to be like that. Be that commercial. It's the same thing until you get the job, until you get that offer, until you get that money, and until you are firmly, happily ensconced with that new employer's organization. That's true. It's it's very similar to a political campaign, right? They're yes. saying the same key points to get them further, further to the White House or to whatever Senate seat, et cetera, et cetera. They're just mastering their pitch, right? They're mastering Correct. their key points. Yep. I love that. Love that. Yes. Uh, let's pivot a bit because you mentioned it at the top of the top of the call uh, or podcast, the perfect job solution trademark program that you have. Because like you mentioned, once the resume is done, then you're off to the races, you know, with 
uh, a unique document in hand that speaks value, you know, shares your value, who you are uniquely, not just your title. Um, what, how's that implemented? How's that put into place now with the perfect job solution? The perfect job solution is my signature program. This is the program that I use to cut your job search time in half. So remember when I was talking about 22 years ago, I would just kind of do the one and done resume. This is now the full evolution to something that's completely different. It's fully comprehensive. We go from where you are today and the thought you have in your mind all the way to actually getting you there. So I take you through the steps. Some of the program is done for you. Like I do it for you and give it to you and it's finished. So you don't have to work on it. And other parts of the program are what you and I do collaboratively. So we start with the resume. You and I have already talked about that. I'm going to handle your LinkedIn. I call it LinkedIn to win. I take care of everything there. And what I do is position LinkedIn. So it's the flip side of the coin of the resume. Okay. Um, you know, kind of the prevailing notion with the resume, hey, go put yourself out there. I mean, there are a lot of steps to it, but overall, put yourself out there. LinkedIn is the reverse. LinkedIn, in my professional view, you set it up one time, you sit there, and you let the opportunities come into you. It doesn't come into you just because you slap some words on there that came from your resume. That's not it. What I do is really uh, engage the algorithm and really keyword your LinkedIn profile so it draws recruiters and employers in. When they're searching, they're not searching for you by name. Nobody knows your name. What they're searching for is VP of HR in Chicago. And I make it so that you come up in that search I make the profile kick off with what I call a skyline headline translation, not boring and, you know, make you want to go to sleep so that when you do come up in search, they want to click on that profile and then they want to talk to you. So those are all the things I do in LinkedIn to win. Next is matchmaker. So this is where I just blast through the ATS and what I do in the perfect job solutions, recalibrate that resume every single time. It does take work. It does take effort, but it pays off and my clients get through faster. So I'm going to put in the work and the effort because you know what? You can have the most gorgeous gold-plated resume, optimally keyworded, best resume in the world, but that thing isn't formatted right. It's going to die you know, at the feet of the ATS. So matchmaker is where I'll take a look at every ad, every opportunity that you're going for, and I'm going to make sure your resume matches, get through that technology. Once you get through that technology, you get to a human being. So those are the things that I do for you, and then they're done. I call that phase build it. So I build everything for you on the foundation. Part two is tell it. This is about telling the story. First, we build the story, then we tell the story. Who are you going to tell it to? Well, you're going to tell it to what I call your hit list. This is your list of the ideal companies you want to work for. Now, I work with six and seven figure executives who I don't believe need to be blasting themselves hither and yon all over the internet. That's not what I've seen work. What I have seen work is let's decide who you want to work for. Um, and then let's decide who all their competitors are. 
And then let's present ourselves to those organizations. So we're going to tell that story to those organizations. I also have people tell that story to the relevant recruiters and decision makers. I give them specific language to do it. I have a relationship script, seven sentence email that you go ahead and send off to people. This is what I do so that you don't have to network in that traditional way that everybody knows and hates, right? Because everybody feels weird, stiff, desperate, all that stuff, just going to eliminate all of that. So my clients like to have something that, not that they take every word that I write, but you need something to start you off. And what I expect is my clients are going to take that and massage it a little bit to make it make sense in the situation that they're in. And then the third and final phase, build the story, tell the story, tell it, and then sell it, sell the story. What are we doing there? We're selling that in the interviews. I call that mastering the meeting. So when you go into the interviews, you're not sitting there like a bump on a log answering their 20 questions, okay? You're not under the hot police lights. They're not interrogating you. You're having a two-way conversation with a colleague. You're not a colleague in that company, but you're probably colleagues in that industry. And you need to come at it with that approach. You need to come with your own questions. So this is what I talk about in mastering the meeting. Then we talk about the salary multiplier. So just me, I'm biased. Almost everybody who comes to me, their salary goals are not high enough for my satisfaction. (laughs) It's not even my (laughs) life. (laughs) But the things people tell me, uh, I will say pretty much 98% of the time, I appreciate what you're saying about salary, but we're going to make that be higher. And I get it higher, you know, pretty much every single time. I I mean, if I don't get you a double digit increase, like it's not to my satisfaction. So that's what we're going to work on. And I give you the language so that you can capture that. What I have my clients do, you're going to go through the process. You're going to get the offer and then you're going to bring the offer to me. And then we're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to tell you, ask for this, 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 you know, whatever it is, go back to them and then let's see. So I have um, one client who just got a job at the new SoFi Stadium where they held the Super Bowl, stadium that just opened. Uh She did what I just talked about with the salary multiplier and her offer went up 65 grand in one day. I have somebody else who uh, is going for an IT job. He brought me the offer. He was unsatisfied with it. We talked about the various points. And just yesterday, he said he got another offer. It's $100,000 higher. So friends, a lot of times when you come to me with, well, you know, I could be in the XYZ salary bracket. The reason I'm saying that's low is because I have these experiences of getting people's offers up, up and up. As a group, as a population, you're not asking for enough money. So I really want to rectify that. And I want that money to be high, high, high. So we work on that. And then the last thing that I do in the perfect job solution is the offer juggler. Uh In my professional view, you need to have a handful of good offers, handful, four, five, six. Doesn't need to be 30 because 30 offers are not going to be good. 
um, four, five, six good offers that are the title you want, the level you want, type of company you want, reasonably within the money range that you want. And then you juggle those, you evaluate those, a couple of them will fall off, a couple of them will come through. But here's the thing, this way you don't have to settle for the first offer because you know, nobody likes that, right? This way you can be in the position of being able to choose. And I feel that that is so powerful. It's powerful for your psyche. It's powerful for your soul. This is more than your resume. It's more than your job. It's even more than your career. I firmly believe this is about your life. It really and truly is. So I really want all of these factors to be in line. I want you to have the good job. I want you to have the ideal job. I want you to have the ideal career. And I want you to have the ideal life. So that is the arc of what I do for folks in the perfect job solution. If I can do like a virtual mic drop or <laughs> bomb <laughs> diamond drop, like folks, if you are, if you, for the folks that are watching and you're not taking notes, if you're not going on and trying to schedule a meeting with this lady right now, you are out of your mind. Two things I wanted to, I, I took away from that. One is the, uh, it's it's like you're professionally in uh, in a sweet way knocking them upside their head when they come in with a low ball offer uh, because I, I get the sense that they don't see their value yet. All right. Correct. Two, when you talk about the meeting or mastering the meeting, for me in my head, it's a psychological switch because like you said, and I say the same thing all the time, interviews need to be more uh, of a conversation, less of an interrogation. It is. Yes. The power is not... Nowadays, the power is definitely no longer on the employer's side, right? We Correct. as candidates and folks that are looking, you as a job seeker, you have the power to say no or yes, right? So there's power to leverage on both sides. But the way you phrase that, I think it, it causes a psychological switch to know like, yes, this is a peer-to-peer -peer meeting. I get it. You may be someone, VP of sales, uh, but meeting with a junior recruiter or a recruiter who's never done it and you get that, but you get to the next level when you're meeting with the employer, it is, it is a peer to peer conversation, right? Cause you, you have to talk the talk. So you're going to know different, you know, different levels of expertise. And like you said, the language changes the higher you go. So um, I just, I love that strategy because it creates a complete mind shift on how folks should approach it. Um, yeah. You're definitely like 10 out of 10 on, wh on what you're saying. So. Thank you. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Like the time is going by super fast. I, <laughs> I want to be mindful uh, of your time. So uh, uh, share with folks, um, you know, where you're most active and where they can find you, website, LinkedIn, et cetera. The website is perfect10resumes.com. The 10 is the number 10. So perfect10resumes.com. You can go there. You can look at what the perfect job solution is. You can uh, book in with me. What I offer is a new job game plan. And that's when I sit down with you for quite a while. And we're going to talk about what's been happening in your job search up to this point. You know, wrong, right, good, bad. Uh, what needs to happen in your job search up to this point? So my goal in this conversation is to open your eyes to something that may not have fully realized. I mean, whatever that is in your particular situation. 
Um, and then we can talk about if the perfect job solution is right for you. I will say that, um, you know, what I do isn't for everybody. And if it's not for you, uh, I'll tell you that. I will tell you that. And I will also point you in the right direction. It's not just like we hang up the phone and you're still sitting there like, oh, you know, what should I do? I'm going to make sure to link you up with the proper resources or, you know, quite often, you know, a specific referral who I think will be more appropriate. And then for those who the perfect job solution is right for, we'll talk about those details and what that looks like in your particular situation. So I just ran through what the whole program is. But the reason that I give the, uh, the free new job game plan call is to find out if there's something in your situation for which I'm going to have to recalibrate something or customize something. And that's all fine. I'm super happy to do it. This is a very high touch, individualized one-on-one -on -one service. And so if you have a special situation, come on, book in with me at perfect10resumes.com and we'll talk about it. That's literally what I do all day, every day is talk to people about their situations and find a way that I'm able to help. So if folks want to do that, perfect10resumes.com is exactly where to go and you'll find out all that good stuff. Love it. Final question for you, Miss Jewel. Uh, do you have a personal mantra or quote that you live by? A personal mantra that I live by? You know, something that I believe is that you do have it in you. I believe that from a personal perspective, and I believe that from a professional perspective, you already have it in you. So how does that play out when we're talking about resumes, job search, et cetera? In 22 years, I've never made up information for a person's resume. I don't need to. The information is there. The story is there. You can't figure out how to get it all together, or the story is long, it dates back to 1978, or you've had three different careers, whatever it is. But the story, you already have it in you. You already have the value in you. You already have the message. It's there. My job is to draw it out. My job is to structure it. My job is to strengthen you so that you can go tell that message, you know, with my guidance and with my support. But I don't create things. I'm not a magician. I don't create things out of thin air. You already have it. A lot of times when I write someone's resume and show them the, the finished product, they say something to the effect of, I practically can't even believe that I did that. They know they did it. They told me those things. Okay. Right. But seeing it, seeing it nicely, seeing it structured, seeing it the way that they wanted to say it, but they couldn't figure out how, 
it makes people so happy and so confident because when they see themselves, and that's all it is, when they see themselves the way they should be, the way they wanted to be, but they couldn't figure out the words, when they see that, oh, they go forth with so much more confidence. And that's the moment when I affirm for them, you knew you had it in you. You couldn't get it out, but now we got it out. So let's go forward and find you that perfect job. Job seekers, you are the story. Jewel is the conduit to make that happen and put it on paper. Love it, love it, love it. I appreciate you so much for jumping off one call previous to this, getting on, working it through and stick it with me uh, for this duration and sharing the wealth of 22 plus years, 22 years of expertise, expertise and grace um, and just just a completely different perspective on how folks should really look at the document, because like you said, they they're the story. It's just. You know, you, we need to put it on paper and we just don't know how it, you're that go to person. So absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Jewel. Uh, I can't wait to have you back. Uh, we can go deeper into the uh, the perfect job solution. Showcase that a bit more in, in, in depth. But um, yeah, folks, definitely follow her. Get with her, connect with her, set your appointment and get that double digit increase. Stay tuned. Uh, Jewel, hold on one second. I'm going to close this out with a quick video, but we'll see you next week, folks.